Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, South Bay Spotlight, on November 1st, 2018. Welcome, and we have a great show for you. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place. To do just the South that. Bay Show is brought to you by the Academy of Foreign Languages. If you have any interest in learning a new language or brushing up on existing language skills, you should know about the Academy of Foreign Languages. Located in Palos Verdes, the Academy of Foreign Languages specializes in the art of communication. Their mission is to provide the finest language instruction possible. They recognize that each student has distinctive needs and craft their teaching technique to optimize an individual's particular learning skills. At the Academy of Foreign Languages, they strive to create a comfortable environment conducive to learning. So whether you're learning a new language or would simply like to converse in your native tongue, the Academy of Foreign Languages can accommodate you. For additional information, visit their website at academyofforeignlanguages.com, that's all spelled out, or call 310-975-4133. I'm your host, Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose. That's what we talk about here in The South Bay Show. And of course, I'm not alone because of our great partnership with South Bay by Jackie.com and executive producer of the South Bay show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, how are you doing today? I am well this morning, Joe. Uh, I was out doing the Halloween thing last night. Yeah, uh, I'm so glad I did not go out Uber driving last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it's so funny. We had talked about this last week, but... You know, Halloween has just exploded. Uh, there have been events going on for two weeks. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just a one-night thing anymore. It's been going on for two weeks. Uh, and so I, uh, I got dressed up in a costume. I went out with my crew last night. We went to the Riviera Village trick-or-treat. Uh, thousands of people. Th- thousands yeah. of people down there. I mean, yeah. it was amazing. So, <laughs> yeah, a lot There's of fun. There's something a lot about costumes. And, and yeah, the yeah. kind of the allow the what a permission to dress up. Yeah, it, you 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 it, it you lose your inhibitions when, when you're in costume. Right. And the funny thing, the funny thing is, I'm saying hi to people. You don't recognize people. people nobody recognizes right. me. You know, you go in there, you see people like, hey, how you doing? They look at you like, huh? It, it, they, you know, <laughs> they don't recognize you. So, yeah. So it was right. fun. It was good. Yeah, it was yeah. good. So you stayed you stayed home and gave out you stayed home and gave out candy I guess huh We had tons <laughs> of kids um a couple of our neighbors really do up their yards and they I mean they create a whole like reception area for kids and uh make it really fun for the kids that are trick or treating so we get I a couple hundred kids I think come by oh, yeah. uh, our our neighborhood so it's 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 exciting and fun and safe and all of that, so we were really excited about it. Nice, nice. Well, I'm and we, excited and we about watched today's Hocus show. Pocus. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got you got to put on a scary movie, of course. Um, so yeah, anyway, definitely. I want to. I'm ve- I'm very excited about today's show because I actually I went to the opening reception for this exhibition that we're going to be talking about today, um, and I yeah. I highly recommend uh, that if anybody that hasn't stop by Pacifico's gallery to see this uh, ex- exhibition, you should do so before it closes. So um, shall we get to it? We <laughs> shall. Jackie, who's our guest today? Our guest this morning is author, recording, <clears throat> excuse me, author, record producer, and photographer, Spot. Now back when men were stupid and women were pretty, Spot took photos, played music, recorded music, skated his ass off, <laughs> for the easy reader, promoted foolish conspiracies, and chased many improbable dreams. 
demolishing some in the process, but most of them were free. So there you go. Now, he doesn't take photos anymore, but has published the image-based books, Sounds of Two Eyes Opening, and the e-zine Anti-Punk Rock, A History. He just completed the multi-voice audiobook production of G.S. Goldman's Decline and Fall of Alternative Civilization. Now, Spot's photo exhibition, Ride the Wild Wheels, is currently showing at Pacific Coast Gallery in Hermosa. And the closing reception for Ride the Wild, Wild Wheels will include a panel and Q&A, and it's happening this Saturday, November 3rd at 7 p.m., the panel includes Spot, SST Records co-owner Joe Carducci, and Randy Newark uh, from the seminal surf rock band, The Challengers. And the panel uh, and Q&A is going to start at 8 p.m. Welcome to the program, Spot. We're so glad you could join us this morning. Well, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm glad I could be awake at this hour this morning. <laughs> this, is, this is unusual for me, but hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do. There's a there's a different like, smell in the air this morning, <laughs> this early. Oh, no, oh well, don't, uh, don't, just, don't blame me. <laughs> <laughs> We're so glad to have you. Uh, the pho- the photographs are amazing, but what what what? Where were you at when you were taking your first photographs? I mean, what prompted you to get into the 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 art of photography. Ooh, uh, probably Life magazine, or you know, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I grew up in a a family where you know we got Life magazine every week, and uh, I mean that that was the heyday of the of of that kind of publication, and you know I I just ate that up, you know, and. Uh, you know, so I started paying more attention to, you know, serious photography because I mean, all I had ever played with was <laughs> like the, the little Kodak brownies, and uh, mm-hmm. and 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 I figured that, and all of a sudden, then I realized, wait a minute, you know, I'm not my pictures don't look anywhere near as good as the stuff in life. So, what what am I missing here? And uh, you know, just. Just, just uh, got into it, and then, of, and then of course, when I saw the movie blow up, okay, that just mm-hmm. changed everything, and, and it, mm-hmm. you know, as far as I'm concerned. When, when you talk about um, equipment and time, wh- when were some of these photographs featured in the exhibit? When were were the earliest of these photographs taken? Ooh, uh, now I, I think that there's one. It, there's one photo up there, I think, that was taken uh, 1970, but that that goes back mm-hmm. way before you know I was I was doing anything in the South Bay. But in, insofar as South Bay stuff, it probably would have been about 76 at the earliest, <clears throat> but definitely 77. Because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. I mean, see, I, I got my first camera <clears throat> in in. 69, right about when I, uh, right after I graduated, got out of high school, okay, and uh, bought my first camera there, started taking pictures, but it got stolen in 72, so uh, mm-hmm. and I, I, could, I, couldn't, I couldn't afford to replace it until about 76, after I had moved to Hermosa, and mm-hmm. uh and then and just and got back into it and had already I had I had started working at the Easy, Easy Reader then, uh, writing music reviews and stuff like that, and then started taking photos to accompany him. So, uh, so music reviews. Tell us a little bit about that. Writing music reviews <laughs> for the Easy Reader. That must oh, have been boy. amazing in the seventies. I don't know if I'd call it amazing, but it was uh, uh, it was it was one of those things where, uh, you know, I just kind of committed to doing something I'd never done before, and uh, <laughs> and I I was really dissatisfied with the music reviews that they had done because they didn't really have a, a a music reviewer per se. Uh, they just had mm-hmm. various members of the staff who would who would write stuff and. I would notice a lot of the uh, 
a lot of things that were wrong and maybe some of the uh, you know some of the things they would say about a certain person's music or or whatever you know a lot of inaccuracies and <laughs> one day I just walked in off the street and took them to task for it and didn't realize I was I was uh, I was insulting the person who had actually written the reviews <laughs> and uh, and then she said, well, you know, listen, I wrote those reviews. Can you do better? And, okay, I'm, I'm on the spot there. So I said, well, of course I can. So she says, okay, yeah. well, why don't, you go, why don't you go do us this, this review, turn it in, and we'll see if you can. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, 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 forget, I forget what it was, but I went out and I wrote a review, and, of course, I I I got a lot of things in it accurately, but there was also a whole lot of crap that I wrote in it too, that yeah. that uh, uh, that they edited out, and uh, I learned my lesson insofar as uh, insofar as writing, insofar as like doing any kind of journalism, uh, uh, is that you you go directly to what happened, where it happened, who. Who who made it happen, et cetera, and you right. leave out all of the right. all of the editorial, you know, stream of consciousness thoughts, and I mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I yeah, they edited the hell out of it, and that's what I learned really learned how to write. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, no, that's right. that's, good... that's that's true. Yeah, that's uh, when you're writing, uh, take out all the fluff, you know, keep it exactly, you know. You know, just on point, what it is. Um, I got to ask you about uh, the music scene in Hermosa, in particular, during during that time, during the mid seventies. You know, the seventies, uh, there was all sorts of music happen, happening in the seventies. You know, it, it, there were certain eras where there was just like one prominent type of music, you know, from way back when, you know, the 50s, you had your doo-wop and stuff, and the late 60s, you started getting a little more into the psychedelic scene, but you had the rock bands towards the end of the 70s, you had the glam rock bands, uh, disco, uh, and of course, punk, um, mm-hmm. and and here in the beach beach cities, uh, we had surf music, you know, um, so, so w- were all of those music types uh, being represented in in the, the the club scene down here. I wouldn't say all of them were, but uh, one thing about the seventies is that, uh, and 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 Joe Carducci he points it out in his book uh, Rock and the Pop Narcotic that most people seem to look at the sixties or the fifties and the sixties as the great eras of. Uh, of pop music, rock music, whatever you want to call it. He points out that really the seventies, there was more going on in the seventies that was influential than had ever really happened before that. But I guess it was because of how, uh, I don't know how FM radio kind of devolved into this, uh, I I guess the first, uh, you know, classic rock format where they just, Said, well, let's just stick with the hits. Let's just stick with the hits. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And so he points that out. So yeah, there was a there was a lot of stuff happening. And and one thing I noticed is that like a lot of what the punk rock uh, era is is noted for, which which is the the DIY thing, the do it yourself type of productions, etc. Well, there were a lot of uh, Bands in the '70s that were kind of doing that as well. A lot of, I guess, what you'd call hippie bands were putting out their own records. I mean, you know, anyone could do it back then. It was just, it was just harder and cost you more. But they didn't have, uh, you know, they didn't have anybody to support them and kind of get the name out. Uh, you know, get get their product out. It, it was just. You know, it was it was still an uphill climb, and then but something in the the late '70s when when the punk rock thing happened or new wave, whichever you want to call it, then it was 
it was a little bit more accepted or maybe I should say recognized. Okay, recognized is a better word here. So uh, yeah, there was there was a, there was a there was there was a lot going on that uh, you know people weren't aware of. <laughs> there was a, there was one album yeah. I did with this one band. Um, oh God, was it Yellow Autumn? Ah, well they were they were kind of a I guess what you'd call a a hippie type folkish band, whichever. They recorded an album up in Media Art, which I, you know, was one of the engineers on, and they released it themselves. And, you know, I completely forgot about it since then. And and I, and like maybe about within the past ten years, somehow it surfaced as a collectible, and uh, <laughs> someone contacted me. What do you know about this? And I and and I had completely forgotten about it, and there it was, bam! Hmm. One of those hmm. bands got someplace that made people pay attention. <laughs> well, you know, you Are know, we what, talking, you know uh... what's interesting. You know what's interesting is kids today, the, the last generation or two, gener- last generation, I guess, they don't realize that back in the day, AM and FM radio. You know, mm-hmm. and AM was only played a certain type of music. They played your pop music. You weren't going to hear Led Zeppelin on AM. And, that, and then you had FM. And FM played, you know, Led Zeppelin and, the, and, and other bands that you weren't going to hear on AM. And then there were, like, the college stations, um, mm-hmm. which would, would play all, 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 well, alternative. They'd, they'd get into what we could call now alternative music. Um, but kids today don't know that, you know, they have music coming at them from every direction. They, they don't have any limits, but back in the day we had limits as, as to what kind of music we could mm-hmm. listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I remember that too. I mean, at least, uh, at least in the sixties, the, the there was some really good AM radio and, you know, it, it wasn't, it, you know, it didn't, Try to just have one style of music, uh, you know. And I, and I, I mean, hey, it, it that it was a golden era of pop music because everything that you heard was really good. I mean, you could go from the Supremes and Johnny Cash to, uh, I don't know, I guess the early Beatles to, uh, you know, there, there 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 were a lot of things happening that you, you know, yeah, just everything, jazz. I mean. Right, uh, right. You know, like take take five. You know, they were playing take five. Uh, Louis Armstrong, Hello Dolly. You mm-hmm. know, and it, I mean there there was, yeah, there was a lot of great stuff then. And then and and, and then even going into the sixties, uh, I, I mean I remember like around oh maybe sixty six sixty seven, AM radio started playing album cuts. Which was unheard of. And it would it would be maybe on like the late night shows, maybe after midnight or or, or around there. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it it laid the blueprint for you know that first FM rock that started happening. I guess in late '67 when what was it? It was KPPC out of Pasadena. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I think that was a station. They 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 were the first uh, you know FM rock experiment, completely freeform. Loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're we're learning so much, uh, Spot. This is this is awesome. I I I'm I'm a technology guy, and so I'm really interested in. Your thoughts. I mean, I don't want to uh, uh, stop the vibe here that we've got going, but I I want to find out about your equipment. I mean, what what was your favorite camera from the seventies? Oh, well, I started off I started off on a Pentax, you know, thirty five millimeter uh, single lens reflex, mm-hmm. and I mean that's what I knew, and mm-hmm. the old Pentaxes. Were, I mean, they might not have been as good as a Nikon or, or or something like that, but they were 
good cameras and you know you you could you could pretty much get any kind of lens for it that you wanted at one point. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I started off on, but uh eventually uh got a Nikon and uh <laughs> I traded a guitar for a Nikon. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I I had gotten it a uh what was it, an ovation acoustic guitar. It, it it's, it's actually mm-hmm. the same one in that in that <laughs> that photo of me jumping off the ramp. And I traded it with one of the engineers for the uh for a Nikon. Bam. Okay. Uh, well, well <laughs> you, Joe Joe has not seen the exhibit yet. I did send him a bunch of pictures to put up on Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. Uh um but what I love about it is that you, you so captured the scene happening in Hermosa at that at that time. And so did you was it were you just casually, were you just hanging out on the Strand or on Pier Avenue and and you always had your camera with you? Or was it more you went out to specifically get those photos? Uh, I'd say more, mostly I was, just, I was just there and looking for something to do. Uh, but, you know, after a while I would start, uh, uh, you know, going after specific things or that that's just kind of how my life, you know, just, you know, I was just taking pictures of where my life had progressed at that point. Cause, uh, I, I guess when I got that second camera in, uh, let's say 76, you know, I'm not sure. I might've all just been interested in just taking various, uh, you know, music shots. So, you know, some of the, uh, the music reviews I was doing or whatever. But the thing, the good thing I had was uh, the studio, Media Art, had a, had a dark room built into it. And uh, see, the two guys who, who opened the place, who, who started the place, they were both commercial photographers. And mm. that's kind of how they got a lot of the equipment was they made deals with <laughs> various people to to do like you know do photos of, of things they needed for advertisements or promotion to sell pieces of gear whatever and also had been doing things where they were hired by uh corporate entities that it uh, it could for conventions and that so they 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 work out deals so that they could get the studio up. So, you know, they went through a thing where they didn't, you know, they didn't owe anyone any money for the equipment, but they they you know they worked it out there. But they also so they had they had a dark room up there. They built a a really good black and white dark room, and um, I just went in and just used it all the time. They. The deal they made with hmm. me on that is as well. You can use it whatever you want, but you have to you have to supply you have to buy your own chemicals. And I said no problem. <laughs> so I just I just went for it. I just I spent I spent tons of hours and days and weeks in that in that place. Oh boy, where was Sometimes, where was media mm-hmm. arts where was media arts located? It was. The address is, was 111 Pier Avenue. So it was right on the corner of Pier and Hermosa upstairs. There's a... Uh, it's next to Abigail, right? Or, or, or Well, around it's the in corner, corner from there. Around the corner. It's, a, it's yeah. around the corner. It's, it's right down... Uh, yeah, I, I, see, I remember at that time there was a restaurant on the, on the, the first floor. Um, Got shenanigans, I think it might have been called. And we were upstairs, just directly above it. And mm-hmm. I have no idea what's up there now. No idea at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh. If you, if you, did you do um, Adam Malavani's walking tour by any chance? 
of Formosa. Yeah. Have you done that yet? Yeah, he, he I, I did it, and, and you walk by, and, and on the audio tour, it tells you about it. So I know I know exactly what you're talking about. You stand from the building, and he gives a little a little history of of what went on there. Um, so that was that where well, you also took pictures at the church, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quite a, yeah, tell us a little uh, bit. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, you know that I when I think about it, I'm not exactly sure how what what, what the first time I I went there was. Oh well, there, there were I mean there were actually okay. I, I take that back now. There there were a lot of the the local artists. Uh, Guys like, uh, well, let me see, Emil Donata, Donato, I think is what is, and he, uh, I, I think maybe Gary Kazanjian may have had a space there, but there, there were a number of local, oh, Dave DeBruzzi, Dave DeBruzzi, he, he did really primitive type metal sculpture, and, you know, I, I used to run into him various places around town, you know, and and after I moved her most, eventually I got to be friends with some of these people. So I, I was probably going over to the church just to just to see some of the stuff they did. I, I, I think I t- took some photos of some of their work. In fact, yes, I did take some photos of some of their work. I don't know why I'm saying I think when, when I actually did do this. <laughs> no, one, no, no, no one's ever asked me that question before, so... I have to make sure I'm saying the right thing. <laughs> but uh, and and then eventually, you know, some of the well, when some of the, some of the punk rockers were there, and I met them. You know, they invited me over, and uh, so uh, then there were like these two different groups of people, two different cultures, uh, taking the space. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. It was, I guess I, I would say more than likely it was, I started uh, going over there before I ever had the, had the camera again. So. Joe, um, it's, it, there was an old Baptist church, uh, I guess, was it, was it on Hermosa Avenue or I think it was Hermosa Avenue, but it was an old Baptist church that wasn't being used as a church anymore. And so they, so right. whoever I guess on the building was renting out space in it, um, mm-hmm. and and I, and I had you know from that walking tour I took, I I learned a little bit about it. Uh, so they had the space, and there were some artists that were using it, and then these a couple of these local bands uh, were using it to 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 practice and record, and and some people were actually living in it for a while. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, there were a lot of people living in it actually. <laughs> no, it was actually it was, it was actually on Manhattan Avenue. Manhattan Avenue, yeah. Manhattan yeah, Avenue, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Isn't yeah. it where the the old uh, or the old when I say it's not there anymore uh, market was the the drive through market? Is that where we're, the well, church was? No, that was across from the church. The uh, oh. the market you're talking about, yeah, that, the Altadena Dairy. That yes, was Altadena um, Dairy. That's, yeah, and, and and of course, what's in that place, that space right now, is the yeah. uh, Pacific Coast Gallery, is right. right on top of where that market used to be. Right. So, right. Yeah, which is right. Which now, you know, now across the way is uh, the Abigail place, and um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, you know, just if if you know where Java Man, the coffee house is. That's mm-hmm. uh, it's a, it's like just to the right of it, as you're standing there looking at it from the front, was the parking lot that uh, that doesn't exist anymore, and then there would have been the church. Right. 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 Wow. I hope, uh, I hope hey, that Joe, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I can picture it. I yeah. I can picture it. Uh, yeah. That walking tour helps a lot. Uh, how about we do a, a, a quick station break? All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're getting uh, some amazing uh, uh, history and some amazing information about uh, Hermosa and the South Bay uh, 
back in the day. And uh, we're, we're talking with Spot, uh, award-winning photographer and uh, record producer, author. And uh, we're, we're thrilled <laughs> to talk with him. And we're going to talk with him some more. And uh, we're going to talk about all kinds of things. We're going to talk about uh, Rock and the Pop Narcotic, a great book uh, by Joe Carducci. Uh, we're going to talk about Yellow Autumn, uh, one of their great albums, Children of the Mist, and we're going to talk about lots Whoa. of different things. Uh, <laughs> Children of the Mist. Okay, well you know, know about... the title of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Joe, uh, Spot, you have to realize that Joe is sitting in front of four different computers right now, and he's googling everything that you're you're mentioning. So that's that that, that that's his mo. That's his mo. Oh, good. At least I didn't give you false amazing. information. <laughs> No, and and speaking of that, Blow Up, uh, the movie Blow Up, Blow Dash Up, from 1966, is considered by many critics to be the best film of 1966. Uh, it's got 48,000 reviews on IMDb, and uh, it looks pretty amazing. Blow Up, uh, who, who was 1966, in it? check it out. Um, the the uh, actors are lead actor Vanessa Redgrave, yeah, uh, Sarah Miles, and uh, David Hemmings are the lead actors. John Castle, and uh, yeah, but Vanessa Redgrave is the lead actor, and uh, it sounds awesome. It sounds amazing. I've never I've never seen this. Uh, I have to I have to see this now. I'm gonna have to pull it up and watch yeah. it. I'm, I'm going to read the storyline. It's really cool. It's just a paragraph. A successful mod photographer in London, world is bounded by fashion, pop music, marijuana, and easy sex, feels his life is boring and despairing. Then he meets a mysterious beauty. I assume that's Vanessa Redgrave. Uh, and <laughs> also notices something frightfully suspicious on one of his photographs of her taken in a park. The fact that he may have photographed a murder does not occur to him until he studies and then blows up the negatives, uncovering details, blowing up smaller and smaller elements, and finally putting the puzzle together. <laughs> what, a, what a great, you know, idea for a movie. Awesome. <laughs> A, a mystery, uh, and of course, every, with, everything uh, in London in, in the '60s was mod. I love that a mod, mod. photographer, mod. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, well, I we're, recommend we're the thrilled. movie highly. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's uh, it's obviously got top reviews. So, so spot. What is what is the state? Uh, I have this general theme in my in my head in my mind you talked a little bit about how people thought or think of the 60s as the be all end all period of music and you said well the 60s may have begun it but the 70s is really where the experimentation took flight and really really uh uh accomplished a lot of things the 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 greatest albums for instance my favorite band the greatest albums of led zeppelin were 70s albums, early 70s, which were just uh, amazingly creative and, and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, lasting time. So what do you think about today, Spot? Where do photographers, where do music uh, or musicians go today when they have this book of work behind them that's hard to overcome? I mean, if you're a musician today, how do you – not sound like a band that people already know from 20, 30, 40 years ago. Uh, burn your instrument. <laughs> I, I, isn't, it, isn't, I, isn't it hard today? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm, I, I'm probably not the person to ask about this because uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I generally sell out of, you know, live performance and, and uh, playing shows roughly a, about, oh gosh, eight years ago. 
So I yeah. mean, I don't even I don't I don't even think in those terms anymore, and uh, I just know that there's uh, there's a glut of new bands, new music, etc. And frankly, I I I lost the energy to to uh, to keep up with with all of that stuff a long time ago. Uh, mm-hmm. So I just I just let it be what it is, and occasionally something something comes out of out of it that you know that I notice and you know maybe maybe listen to, but it has nothing to do with what's popular. Absolutely nothing to do with that. Uh, the only uh, I mean the only radio I can listen to these days is is free form, you know. I mean, I, I went through the whole, you know, NPR period, which was great, you know, and but uh, then I got a little a little bored with it uh, and just started listening to, you know, well, look, with the Internet, uh, radio stations are streaming all the time. You can listen to any station anywhere in the country pretty much, you know, like just on, yep. uh, on, I, on iTunes and that, you know, and I've, I've found there's maybe about five or six stations that, you know, I have stored on the computer and, and that's what I, that's what I'll listen to, you know, you know, one of them right. being, you know, KXLU from uh, Loyola Marymount, they're still, you know, they're, they're still holding up and uh, WFMU in New York and, and, you know, I, I you know, pop radio is—I I can't handle it. I—it's—it's I, not—not my thing. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> I get that. It's—it's it's actually a little overwhelming. I find the whole music scene a little bit overwhelming these days, uh, just because there's so much coming at you from so. I mean, you know, there's pros and there's cons. The good thing is, is that today, record companies aren't aren't controlling everything. You know, it, it seems that most of the record industry is just, you know, completely changed. They don't, they don't have the stranglehold on the reins of music anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. With with the with the internet, people can, you know, do their own thing. You know, there's a lot of people out there doing their thing. They're putting their phone in front of them. They're recording it. They're putting it up on YouTube. Uh, you know, that that's that's a good thing. Uh, for me, as I said, it can be a little overwhelming, and when when it gets like that, when, you know, I fall back to, uh, cause I'm a child of the sixties and seventies and I'll fall back to those stations that play that, that music from, from those decades. Uh, but, but Joe, you know, every decade there's always at least one or two, uh, different music, you know, grunge, grunge came out in the nineties, you know, the, you know, there, there was, there was a lot of good music. There it was a whole a different form, you know, um, there are actually still some people, you know, back in the day, there were concept albums, you know, um, and, and, and these bands would do these concept where you would listen to the whole side, you know, and then flip it over and listen. You, you, you had to listen to it in total to, to really get it. Um, but there are still a couple of artists out there doing those, you know, new artists too, you know, like Adele. You know, she she does these twenty one, twenty five. You know, and and they're a little bit of a concept album. That they're not out there. You know, like Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Um, right. But yeah, it can it can. I find it a little overwhelming sometimes. Well, you're very generous. I. What do you think, Spock? Uh well, there there ha- there always there has to be. Something from something from somewhere that 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 holds water, you know. I I I can't I can't I can't say who they are because I don't really pay much attention to any of it, you know. Most of the the people who are really well known these days, I don't know their music, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you you could you could you could say Taylor Swift to me, and I'd say okay. I know what she looks like, <laughs> but, but I, I've never listened to her music or anything like that. I mean, uh, but so yeah, I mean, it, hey, if 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 someone if 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 something comes up that's good to listen to, I'm going to listen to it. I'm not going to walk away from it. 
I'll tell you, it was really funny. Um, some old, maybe nine, ten months ago, I was hanging out at this this coffee house where, uh, you know, I, I know all the crew and everybody and a lot of after, I mean, I, a lot of after hours hanging out there. And um, I was talking to one of the kids there, maybe about, you know, mid-20s mid or something, and somehow the subject of Kanye West came up. And I didn't have, all I knew about him was his personality, which I, you know, his media personality, which just doesn't, you know, it, it really turns me off. And I said something about him, and the kid says, well, you know, he's really a genius. You really should pay attention to him. And, okay, well, whatever. But he he turned me on to one song that that he had done recently that uh, I – well, okay, I'll, I'll, I realized that – hey, wait a minute. When I listened to the song, there was actually something there musically. And I was like, mm. okay, I'm not, I'm not going to just, just diss the guy off the, you know, offhand anymore. I'm just, I'm going to mm. consider him that, yeah, maybe he does, he is musically, he did something that, that, you know, whether you like it or not, it had, it had some substance to it. The video mm-hmm. that was attached to it was a piece of crap, but, <laughs> but the song was actually, was actually worth listening to. But you know, it's it's like stuff like that's gonna gonna come out. You who knows where it's gonna come out, and um, I don't know. I I I actually, my opinion right now is that <clears throat> I kind of think that a lot of uh, a, a lot of what we're con- well, see, everybody's looking for the next big thing. The the big thing that's going yeah. to, uh, you know, bust, bust out. Uh, I honestly think it's not going to happen in Western music. Uh, yeah. It, I, I think that I kind of think that the West Western music as a dominant art form has had its day, and where it's going to happen is either in uh, like from, from like an Asian culture. Or Middle East culture, because those yeah. are the ones that are really struggling with 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 something that you know it, it's life threatening, and we're we're right. really we're really we're really not. I mean, not in the same not in the same sense that you know you have a, a government that's out to kill the people, you know. Yeah, we have we have we have a government that just talks about it, but well, uh, I don't, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> Well, no, well, you're right. Yeah, during the Vietnam War, you know, during that era, I mean, a ton of music, you know, came out because of that. You know, that that was a reaction to what was going on in our country at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. uh, Make love, not war. Make love, not Mm -hmm. war. This is is a very, very uh, pregnant, beautiful line of questioning. I mean, is the best music of the next period going to come from places that are that and the best movies potentially and the best uh books going to come from places that are, you know, you know, the scenes of war and famine and things like that. Yeah. I I think I think that it's all the possibilities are there for that to happen. I mean, right. Uh, blues, I mean, like, if you you just look at America, blues music happened out of a a culture that was pretty downtrodden and taken advantage of and, you know, considered Mm -hmm. below uh, what a culture should be. Uh, The Mm -hmm. same happened with, with, the same happened actually with country music and uh, with with rock and roll. They all... they all Absolutely. developed out of out of very poor people who were struggling right. to not be poor anymore, 
And uh, but nowadays, everything seems to be coming out of people who have it easy. You know, they can easily put out a record, Uh, and and suddenly there there are these you know there are these big names. So when when a when a culture starts doing that, featuring things that are based on just image and on, well, let's say, you know. Ad- advantageous money flows. Uh, that's a signal that it's it's that, that that's pretty much the end of of that approach of of of, of that culture artistically. You know, not that mm-hmm. it's not going to be there, but it's going. I think that it's going to come out of some other place that we have no control over, and but it's something is going to happen. It's going to get the attention of of people completely off our shores, but we're going to have to suddenly compete with it. And I don't think I don't think we're in a position to do that anymore. So we'll see. Right. <clears throat> you know that's 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 very interesting. When you were just mentioning the blues, I was thinking of um, I don't know what you call it uh, that. It's making a big comeback now, it, like Americana, like from out of the hollers of uh, right. of uh, you know West Virginia and Kentucky. What is that? What is that form of music called? I, you know, there's generally an up up upright bluegrass? bass. Bluegrass. Uh, bluegrass, uh, not folk, but you're right. Well, well I know. Communities. I know. Yeah. Well, I know that you know the the term Americana, or let me say what, or alt country. Whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. There's too there's too many categories out there, and and, 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 and some of them kind of don't really mean much. But um, I don't know. No, that's that's uh, no. Uh, no uh, you, you, I think the the music from uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, yeah, that yeah. music. Right. I I yeah. don't know right. what it's called. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that music. But again, uh, a poor society, poor communities. Uh, you know, when you don't have any money, you know, sitting around and making music uh, with, you know, homemade instruments or storytelling becomes, it's your form of entertainment, you know, but, you know, before, right. think about it before TV, before radio, that's how people, right. uh, uh, that, that was how you, that was your entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. I storytelling. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just the storytelling story- is honest. The storytelling is human and universal. When that's true, then you have a great song. Mm-hmm. Spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know, one thing that uh, I think maybe people don't consider as much as they should is that, you know, when when the country, well, when America was being developed, it was being developed on off of a number of different types of culture came over here, you know, whether they were forced over here or if they, uh, you know, just came over here because they could, you know, uh, for whatever reason. And somehow they all had to live with each other in a way that, you know, they could survive. And even if you look at things like slavery, where, you know, you had, you know, one culture that is forced to uh, supply the needs of another culture on a plantation or something. Well, no, none of, none of, nobody ever got rid of their, their music or their instruments. I mean, the Germans, they brought over accordions, God forbid. And then, mm. you know, Africans mm-hmm. brought over the banjo. And and in both cases, they turned into they turned into new instruments that did new things. And mm. I, I mean, I'm I'm convinced that you probably had more people on a on a farm or plantation who everybody everybody had to at some point uh, get off by themselves and just relax and. Play, play some music 
you know, just, 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 just so they felt like, okay, I can at least be happy in this moment. And mm-hmm. eventually somebody from the other culture said, well, uh, hey, mind if I bring my accordion here and see if I can play with you? Because, <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. hey, right. musicians, musicians want to play. They want to play with each other. And I think there was a lot of that going on. And, and you know, I, I think that, you know, blues and country uh, developed out of, out of both of those things. Uh, so, uh, so, so throw in a, a bagpipe and, and a washboard and, and you've just got it, right? There, yeah. there you go. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it was like, it, it was kind of like <laughs> in America, it was, was where we got rid of all the classical rules, you know, Hey, classical music is great. Don't get me wrong, but, uh, people didn't have the money to buy a piano. People didn't have the money to buy, uh, you know, uh, a, a violin. It, yeah, yeah. Exactly, and, and a lot of the uh, a lot of the music developed in the you know the, uh, the the upper classes. People who either had the money, had the music, or uh, you know they could find the talented people and and support them. You know, give them uh, well, not grants. What is it? Uh, commissions. Commissions, yeah. you know, the, all, all mm-hmm. of the, all of the, the they great were pa- they were patrons, they were pa- yes. they had patrons, yeah, exactly, and uh, you know, I think maybe one person who kind of who kind of knocked down that wall uh, might have been Shakespeare, William Shakespeare, because uh, <laughs> if you if you ever listen to people talk about oh what's proper English. And right. such. you know, there there is no such thing as proper English. I mean, Shakespeare, who people say, oh, you you if you don't study Shakespeare, you don't know English. Blah, blah, blah. Well, Shakespeare, he he just completely screwed up. He you know he he completely you know went against all of the rules of of language and English hmm. with with his work. And uh, he invented because, his own language. Yeah, the thing is. He knew his audience. He knew the people right. who would go to these plays, and he knew they wanted to be entertained. So he would write in language that they could understand and say, my God, I know what he's talking about. And they would shut up and pay attention. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he was uh, – that's the, I mean, that's what I'm throwing out as an example there. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. it's another one. Yeah, um, wow, this you know, this has been a great conversation. Um, we're 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 talking about a lot of different things, but uh, what we what we want to mention again, um, the closing reception for Ride the Wild Wheels uh, is going to happen this Saturday, November third. Uh, starts at seven p.m. The panel uh, is going to include our guest spot, um, Joe Carducci and Randy Newart. Um, Mm -hmm. And and the panel and the Q&A is going to start at 8 p.m. Now, as I mentioned, I've I've gone to the exhibit. It's fantastic. Uh, You get a a real uh, insider's look at uh, what the Hermosa Beach scene was uh, in the 70s. Uh, it, it looks so innocent, <laughs> you know, yeah. it looks so innocent. It, wait, it, wait. It, 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 Spot has covered not just the, the local music scene, but the, the, the skate scene, the skateboards and the roller skaters. Um, right. Uh, it, it, oh, Jackie. It's, it's a, yes, yes. I have something I have to play. It's only uh, oh. a minute and 25 seconds. Can we okay. do that? Okay. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Take a look across the street at that building on the right. That used to be Altadena drive through Dairy, where I worked when I was 15 years old. Now take a look at your phone. On the right side of the photo is the Dairy. On the left side of the photo is a big mission-looking building. That's why I took the job. The band Black Flag lived and practiced there, and I watched that door every day, hoping to see Keith Morris or maybe Greg Ginn walking out with his guitar. It was built in 1924 as a Baptist church, but by the 70s, it was kind of falling apart, like a lot of Hermosa. They started renting little areas of the church out to artists, 
because Hermosa in the 70s was still very bohemian. And that goes pretty well, until these damn punk rockers come and mess everything up. That would be me and my friends. One of those friends was Keith Morris, who moved into the church in 1978. Remember Keith? Hello people, I'm Keith Morris. I was the first vocalist and founding member of Black Flag and the Circle Jerks. The Circle Jerks were born out of the basement of the church. I think I lived there for maybe 10 months. Let's get a closer look. <laughs> that would be that would be uh, Adam Malavani's walking tour of uh, Hermosa yeah. Beach. Uh, uh, Experience GPS tours, I believe it's called. So yeah. if you haven't done it yet, you can download it and do it. Um, it was it's it's very well done. Highly highly recommended. Yeah. Um, it definitely it definitely turned out to. Better than I expected it to turn out because I didn't know how it would turn out. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought yeah. it was terrific. I, you know, I I knew a little bit about just a little bit about that there was a scene in Hermosa back then, but I I didn't know. I, I learned a lot on it, and and it was very very interesting. I thought it was very very well done. Um, tell us a little bit about what people can expect Saturday night spot at at this event. And, and that's the closing reception too, so it's going to be your last chance to see the exhibit. Right. Well, the the uh, the Q and A thing, the panel. Uh, we're going to kind of talk about how uh, how certain types of music came out of uh, you know Hermosa, or, or at least were. That was a, that was a major part of, of what was happening in Hermosa. Uh, some some folks there they they did a, a documentary called Jazz versus Punk, talking about how uh, jazz and you know like post war jazz and then eventually punk rock became music that was you know it, they were they were things they were they were definitely something that happened there. That was a you know that that kind of uh, uh, became very uh, influential, but uh, so let me. It's it's going to be like myself and Joe Carducci. Carducci, he's a, he's a big film fan, and he he has a lot of information about film and uh, and then how various types of music developed around the whole country in that. But uh, like Randy Nort, he's going to be, you know, he was with the Challengers, and they played at the old Biltmore, Biltmore Hotel before it was torn down in the early '60s with, got, you know, people like the Beach Boys and that before anyone even knew who they were. Uh, but also, I have to, I have to throw in here that the um, <clears throat> uh, you've mentioned the three of us that I, that I just told you about. But we're also going to have a fourth person on that panel, I believe, and, and that's uh, Gloria Cadena, who was married to Ozzy Cadena, who uh, was booking all the music at the Lighthouse back in, uh, mm-hmm. back in the day. I mean, he moved, he moved to Hermosa in, uh, I think it was the early 70s, opened a record store, and that didn't, really work out for him, but he got involved with the lighthouse because he's a, he's just a, you know, he was producing great jazz albums with some of the best players you can imagine. Thelonious Monk, Charlie Parker, it goes on and on. Well, mm. Gloria, uh, she's still booking jazz at the lighthouse and she's in her early nineties now. And she's also the mother of Des Cadena who was in Red Cross, Black Flag, and lately the Misfits. So there's there's all these connections that we're going to be talking about in in that. Right. I so, love this. I love this. Wow. It, and this is yeah. this spot. Is this Joe Carducci, the same uh, author uh, of Rock and the Pop Narcotic? Same person. Whoa. We get to meet him on Saturday. Uh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to come to this event. This is going to be uh, – this is South Bay history of in, an, in a way that affects 
you know, uh, world history of, of pop music and punk music. And, uh, it's just, it's just amazing. Uh, you have to come, uh, spot. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, it was, uh, it, it made it pleasurable to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you can say. Uh, it's a pleasure to wake I, up we, today. We, we appreciate you getting up early to do this with us. Uh, one more time this Saturday, November 3rd at 7 p.m., uh, head over to uh, the Pacific Coast, Gatter- excuse me, Pacific Coast Gallery in Hermosa Beach for the closing reception and a panel and Q&A. Uh, for Ride the Wild Wheels, uh, see all of Spot's fantastic photos, uh, and learn a little bit about Hermosa history. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Uh, share this with your friends and family, and uh, let's get a, a good turnout Saturday uh, at the uh, the reception uh, and, uh, and uh, the panel. Uh, thank you, Jackie. Always a pleasure, Joe. That's our show, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you tomorrow. Or actually, we'll, you'll, you're, we're going to have a great show tomorrow. We're going to play the uh, 2018 uh, California Propositions Review by uh, Richard Montgomery, uh, 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 city councilman for Manhattan Beach. And is it Diane Wallace? Diane Wallace, yes. Diane Wallace from the League of Women Voters. So if you want to know what the propositions are about, tune in tomorrow. Thank you, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.